Well, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is doing well. How about the rain holding off? Everybody excited about that? Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Hey, well, I was just reminded of something, and this is a great reminder to have on something like this. Uh, all of what we do in the Word, that is all up to God. That's not up to me, right? You don't want to hear from me this morning. I got nothing to add a value other than a smile and a handshake and the person that I know uh, that has saved my life. And so we're going to trust for him to do something, uh, be back in talking about faith. It's kind of been a little bit of a break from that series. We've had uh, just weird schedule like everybody lately. We had our big Christmas gathering on the 18th, then actual Christmas morning, then New Year's. And so we've kind of been out of that series for a little bit, but stepping back today. So I want to take you way back uh, a month ago. I can't remember what happened last week, so we're going to need a refresher for sure. Uh, but we, the last time we were in faith, we talked about Gideon. I don't know if any of you were here, uh, but Gideon, this one who ultimately, when we got to the end of that, we saw the beauty of the story of Gideon saying, uh, when this angel of the Lord comes to him, and this angel of the Lord, if you remember the, the name that he calls Gideon, he says, O mighty man of valor. And if you remember the story, the unique part about that is Gideon was in the very moment of hiding. He was very fearful. He was hiding away in fear in the wine press, and it says that he was basically in there just kind of being low-key from the enemies that were outside, and yet an angel of the Lord comes to him and says, you mighty man of valor. And we took away from that is the beauty is that God sees us as we truly are, not as we see ourselves. He gets the final say, amen? He's already spoken over you. In Jesus' name, if you know him, he looks at you and sees perfection, he sees beauty from the ashes. He sees that in your worst moment, he looks at you in Jesus' name and says, that right there is the apple of my eye, my son, my daughter. If you've never heard anything at the church at Southside, we want to promote the love, the grace, the mercy, the compassion of Jesus. There are no religious rules here for you to stack your way up and earn your way. You cannot do it. It's all the grace of Jesus. And so, if you've not heard anything in your time here, let it be the words of the cross. It is finished. You know what that means? There is nothing more you can add. There is nothing more you can do. It's already been stamped, finished, done, approval of the Father in Jesus' name. And so I want you to take heart in that, going back to that message and going into the next verse, that Gideon, this one who saw himself as no good or, or defeated or fearful. And then yet God speaks over him and has this 180 truth of something even more beautiful than he could dream up or imagine. I want to say this before we pray. God feels the same of you in Jesus' name. If you know him, he sees you as so much more, I promise you, than you see in yourself. Now, I'll tell you this before we pray. We'll read this verse in Hebrews just real quick. But as we do, I just want to give you this quick refresher. We kind of came up on a verse here uh, towards the end uh, of this uh, in Hebrews where it's basically the Hebrew writer. He's gone through all these amazing stories of faith. And then he hits this verse where he says, 
but I would be remiss. I don't have enough time to tell you of Gideon, and then today he's going to go to the story we talk about of Barak. And so he's going into this one verse that's got, I think, six or seven different people mentioned, and so we're just kind of hitting, hitting that portion as well. And so as we do that, I'm going to try to be as brief as possible, yet cover uh, our passage today and hopefully keep us all dry uh, today. So let's pray together and we'll talk about the story of Barak. So Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We do thank you that uh, the rain has held off this morning. Father, we would have been here anyway, but we are grateful uh, for your provision and just being dry and being together uh, as a family. We thank you for our friends uh, from Station Church that were here this morning, not only uh, serving the food, but preparing the food this morning. Their hearts uh, in that is beautiful. I know you are well pleased and we are uh, just so appreciative. And so we thank you for uh, our sweet friends from there. Pray your blessings over them and their church. Just, uh, Father, love them, love their heart. And so uh, be with us today as we look into your word that you just uh, continue to speak. We said it earlier. Father, I do not want folks uh, to hear from me this morning. I want them to hear from you. And so uh, whatever words you've given me, I pray that, Father, you speak to hearts in whichever manner you see fit. And so, Jesus, we thank you and we pray and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's what I believe about the word. It is living and active. And one of my favorite things, I just prayed this, that it's not my words, but God's words, right? One of my favorite things as a teacher is I'll teach something and I'll have somebody come to me and they'll say, do you remember when you said, and they'll go with this long statement, and I'm thinking, I'm just being fully transparent here. I'll shake my head, yes, yeah, smile, love you, hug on you, all this stuff. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. I remember what I said, and I didn't say that word. What I look at that is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. And so that's what we pray, that his voice speaks the loudest of any here this morning. By the way, can I get uh, an amen from my makeshift pulpit here? I like that. Spoke off a trash can. Chris, uh, Sunday, that's dangerous, isn't it? Speaking off something like this, man. Nice. Brantley was worried my coffee wasn't going to sit up here, but we got it. We got it working. All right. So Hebrews eleven thirty two. The six individuals uh, mentioned in this, but he starts out, and I'll read today's. It says, "And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon. We talked about him, and today we talk about Barak. And so I want to give you this uh, kind of background that was going on. So Israel was under Canaanite rule for twenty years. So as most times when we get to a place in Scripture and we look at God's people, nobody, nobody is exempt from hard times, right? They are in a difficult spot. They are under rule for 20 years, and it is this huge army, this very powerful army that is over them, and it is a desperate, dire situation, one that will require faith. I want everybody to look at me. No matter what you are going through, your life will require faith, Okay? For those, again, I'll say this, I've said it through a whole series of say, well, man, I think faith is silly. I, I choose to uh, uh, rely on my knowledge or I choose to rely on my maybe my church background or my grandmother once told me this. Whatever those situations are, again, I want to paint and point out that I believe everybody in this parking lot, whether it's rooted in Christ or not, has faith in someone or something. Okay, I've explained it, but I'll do it real quickly again for those that are new. If you believe in this evolution moment, the Big Bang or something like that, 
and you've said, man, I have staked, and I think that's just the way we came about. That is your prerogative to believe that. I believe in a creator that is found in Genesis 1. But if you believe that, that's your choice. I pray that God pricks your heart on that. But here's the deal in that. You are having faith that that is how that happened. You were not here when that moment happened, right? Okay? So you have faith. You have to put your faith and your trust in something. My challenge through this whole series, and even while we got to this series in the first place, is just we absolutely need faith in our life. If ever there was a time for more faith, it is right now. Just turn on the news, watch our world. Faith is vitally important. So this situation required faith, but breaking news, yours situation requires faith as well. Now, I want to remind you of this. We're in the book of Judges today, looking at the Old Testament story of Barak. And as we do, there is a theme that is rampant through the book of Judges that is just as uh, easily seen if you turn on the news or you just look around you in your world right now. There is a statement over and over and over in the book of Judges. The people did what was right in their own eyes. They did what they wanted to. No regard to God, no regard to any kind of higher calling. They just did what they felt was right. They were their own God. They were their own boss. They did what was right in their own eyes. And so today we're going to read the story in that time frame of a man named Barak, and I believe equally, as if not more important, a lady by the name of Deborah, a prophetess. So I'm going to start in verse 6 from Judges chapter 4. So this is speaking of Deborah and Barak. She sent and summoned Barak and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded you? Go and gather your men at Mount Tabor, taking 10,000 from the people of Naphtali and the people of Zebulun. Anybody want to hear me try to say that again? I'm from McCall, Alabama. My mouth doesn't work like that. And I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you to the river Kishon with chariots and his troops, and I will give them into your hand. Listen to what Barak says. He says to her, if you will go with me, I will go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. So, so Deborah arose and they went with Barak. So I want to share with you a little about this again. I think the story of Deborah is equally as important as the faith of Barak that we see. Uh, in fact, she is the one that uh, I think shows a, a little more courage in this story, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about her as well. Sorry, that's windy. Uh, problems out here. Most preachers don't have to deal with clipping their notes down. So we see this commander of the army, right? Uh, Oppressed the people 20 years, 900 chariots mentioned. We see Israel in a situation like this a lot of time, right? An army, another force on top of them, and their only hope is to, to call on God, right? Even the God that they've abandoned, they've walked away from. And then we see in a, a situation like this, Deborah, the prophetess, this one that is put over them to judge, right? That's the whole point of judges. So she's appointed in this great position to judge, and she summons this guy, Barak. And we see this, like, very starting out. In fact, I'll back up a few. Verse 4 says this, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded you? And so this is this, uh, aren't you supposed to be doing something? I know, guys, you probably never had a woman in your life ever 
uh, bring up to you, aren't you supposed to be doing something right? You probably never had that happen before. Probably the first time, last time we've ever seen this, that a lady's offering this insight, right? I say that jokingly, of course. Every man here is saying, man, I need the woman in my life, right? But she's saying, aren't you supposed to be doing something? Don't you have this calling that God has given you? In other words, why are you still sitting here? It's faith to action. You know what a calling is good for if you don't act on it? You can have the biggest calling in your life, in your heart, if you don't choose to act on that and follow God in faith, then how is God going to use that calling? Now, will he accomplish his purpose or use someone else? Absolutely. But I believe he's given you the freedom, the freedom of choice, of free will to choose whether he's called you. And make no mistake, listen, look at me this morning. If you know God, you are called to serve. You're not called to sit. You're not called to sit on the sidelines. Everybody here, it don't matter if you're called to be a pastor. It don't matter if you're called to be in the children's ministry, youth ministry, a missionary, whatever it is. Make no mistake, if you know him, you are called to an individual ministry. And by the way, an individual ministry, I cannot do for you and can't do it as good as you. Marcus, you got a call on your life. I know it. I know everybody here does, but I know you got a calling on your life. I cannot do what God has called Marcus to do. Billy Graham, he's dead, for sure can't do it, but if he was alive, cannot do what Marcus is called to do because that's not his calling. Made you with a specific purpose. We talked about it last week, Psalm 139. Intricately woven, right? In the secret, in the depths. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Spoken into existence. Do you think God's going to go to all that unique trouble for you as an individual? Do y'all hear that? Siri's listening. But I, I, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that God made you with a calling that no one else in this world can do because it was made specific for you. That's kind of what Deborah's saying here. He's telling Barack, like, has God not called you to do this? And listen to this, not just called, but called with a promise. Listen to the rest of that from verse 4. So has not the Lord of God Israel commanded you to go out? And it says this, I will give them into your hand. Can I tell you this? I'm a little bit envious of that calling. You see, I've got an open-ended calling on my life that God, like I never would have dreamed what I'm doing right now. I didn't plan this, right? I, I'm not that smart. I'm not that stupid. Maybe I'm that stupid. I don't know. But I know God called us to this, okay? But there's this open-ended thing. I don't know how it's all going to turn out. I know I'm going to show up. I'm going to be here. But Barack actually gets this promise, I'm sending you out and I will give them into your hand. Do you realize how easy it is to follow when you get the rest of the story? Man, I'm envious. I'm jealous of that. And yet Barack goes and he goes to this lady, Deborah, who says, by the way, don't you have this calling and God's promise he's going to give them in your hand? And you know what he says to a woman and no offense, every woman out here is stronger than me. But in this culture... We, we look at it, we see that women were not places of importance as much as men. And we see him go to Deborah and he says, well, I'll go, but if you only go with me. I will tell you, that's probably not like to his boys and they hear about that, like that's not going to fly, right? They're like, what in the world, man? You need a woman to go with you? And she says, you know what? I'll go with you. But if I do, God's not giving you the glory because you had a woman go and help you. 
I mean, can you imagine this story? It's this great moment of faith that Deborah has and says, yeah, I'll go with you. And I just wonder here why the Hebrew writer didn't celebrate the faith of Deborah as much as Barak. She showed just as much, if not more. She said, yeah, I'll remind you of this. Yeah, I'll go with you. But also, did God not promise he'll give them into your hand? Do you not believe? Do you not trust? Do you not have faith? And then I, I believe just a little holy smack talk. Listen to what Deborah says. I'll go, but the road which you're going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell him into the hand of a woman. You know? It's, I'll go, but like God called you to go. But yeah, I'll go with you. Now listen, I am grateful for partnership. I'm grateful for community, for teamwork and all this. But Barack had this calling just to go and that he would be handed over into his hands. The rest of the story. Verse 15, as you go forward, it says, And the Lord routed Caesarea. So God threw them, but the same with us in his victory. God wants to use us in these victories. God has got a calling on your heart and on your life. And some of you, the very first step in that is going to take just simply that idea. Maybe you've come to faith in him, like you've got a relationship, but now you have to have the faith to walk with him and to trust and to live out these callings that he's given you. To walk in faith, again, a reminder, complete trust and confidence in someone or something. So bonus rest of the story. I don't know how many are familiar with this story. Can I tell you how the general of this army winds up? He winds up in a tent. Anybody know his demise? A tent pegged to the temple. Not the way you want to go, right? He's asleep, tent pegged to the temple. So God did deliver. God was faithful in his promise. And then as if they are in a musical in Judges 5, Barak and Deborah break into song. Isn't that beautiful? Tent pegged to the head. Now let's sing about it. All right? Beautiful. Anybody ever been to a musical, by the way? Just side note. The worst, man, the worst. God bless y'all if y'all like them. I went to one with my wife, and my my thing on musicals, I had seen Grease on TV. That's uh, that's my culture, right? Uh, I saw John Travolta in a musical. You've seen that movie, right? I mean, they act in it, and then eventually they sing a song, so that's my whole thing. I go to this very culture thing down here, you know, where you find culture at the BJCC, Birmingham Jefferson Civic Center, and I went down here and we saw La Mis. Anybody know La Mis? La Miserable, I call it. Yeah. Beautiful story. Beautiful story. I go, y'all, and they start what I think is going to be talking, and they start singing. They keep singing. They keep singing. And I lean over to my wife, and I said, are they ever going to talk in this? She said, it's a musical, dummy. And so I'll just, this is a peek into my house. We go through that, and the next time we, you know, we go home and everything, and I just tell Jamie, I said, I need to go to the bathroom. I'm thinking I need to pee. That was everything. Awful. Don't go. So I don't know what that was for, but if you needed that advertisement, don't go to a musical unless that's your kind of thing. But that's what happens here, this amazing victory, and then the whole chapter 5, this long song into musical and celebrating what God has done, tent pegged through the temple. So a little unique story today, but here's some thoughts that I have just to kind of take away. Um, 
God, I feel like this is so just regular for him that it should be expected, but I feel like this, that God often calls us to the unexpected. I mean, think about it, man. I've had some weird things that God has called me to do. I mean, weird things. And I'll be honest, most of the time it works best if I just go ahead and do what he's called me to do. You know, if I just go ahead and do it right then. Don't delay, just do it. I don't know why I feel led to tell this story, and it's not a it's not a brag on me. I was used in the story, but you talk about an ultimate, ultimate failing of listening to God. Let me be your poster child. Let me be the example of what not to do. Can I share a brief story? I'm in Orlando, right? If you ever go to Orlando, you know you're probably gonna go to Disney. You're probably gonna go and get splashed by Shamu one more time, like at SeaWorld, like you can't see that enough. All of these little things to do. I never will forget. I'm standing in Disney, and I'm standing. Uh, this full transparency. I'm miserable. It is a billion degrees. I've got young kids, I've got a stroller, and my kids want nothing more than to stand in line and get Buzz Lightyear's and Woody's autograph. Can I tell you how mad that made me? Because I knew the story that that was really a 13-year-old boy with acne behind that Woody, you know, mask, and we're standing there for hours to get an autograph. It's like, I can walk around the corner and sign it for you, you know, same thing, right? But I'm standing there, and I see this family come by, and guys, I, I can't remember the exact name, but it was a it was a dire situation, and they had on like the the make a wish you know things, and it's like it's it's obviously dire. And I'm standing there, and as a dad, I'm heartbroken. And God, as clear as if you came up and told me anything, says, "Go tell them I love them." Now, here's what I would love to tell you. I would love to say, man, I I walked over there and I said, hey, everybody, I just want you to open your Bibles to whatever page and God says that he loves you and everything, you know, he's with you and all this. And it was this beautiful moment of salvation and repentance and all of this stuff. And they had the encouragement they needed. But what your pastor did was stand there and watch them go by because I stood there and said, that's weird. That's weird. Like, I'm not... Like, I can't do that. I can't, I can stand in front of a crowd, but to walk up to one person that you've told me clearly, go tell them I love them. It just felt weird, right? The setting itself, I'm sitting there pissed off that I'm standing there waiting and sweating for Woody and Buzz Lightyear and all this stuff, and I'm complaining, and now, God, you want to use me? I'm over here complaining. Do you not know that, right? And I remember going back to our hotel room that night just broken, like a shell of myself. Like, really, it was just one simple thing. I've stood in front of thousands before, and I can't walk to one person and say, God loves you. That was it. That was the simple thing. Now, I want you to keep in mind, the only thing I wanted to do was not look stupid. I I just didn't want to look weird, right? That was it. That was my whole objective. I didn't want to look stupid running up to somebody I didn't know and say, God loves you. So I'm sitting there boldly confident that night, and I pray, God, if I ever saw those people again, put them in my path. I'll tell them. The next morning, I'm at SeaWorld, and I see the family again. Now, wouldn't you love the story that I run up and I say, God loves you. What did I do? That's weird, God. Like, I I don't know. That's just so weird. Guys, I'll make the story short. I've seen them two more times and wouldn't tell them. 
Wouldn't tell him. I saw him again. I said, God, I said, I can't do this. I, I just can't. I don't know what, I don't know what it was. I can't do it. It was so unexpected and it hit me as so weird and so just, I can't do this. Well, finally, I'd not seen him for a while and I said, I'm just broken. I mean, I'm broken. Like, Jamie doesn't know anything about it. My kids are having a blast. I've not shared anything about this. And I said, God, if I ever saw him again, I promise you, I'll tell him. Then, I want you to remember, it goes from, I don't want to look weird. I go to this open spot where I'd seen them going towards. I finally see them, and I go to them, and it's this massive sea of people. I can't see them anywhere. And I remember praying this, if you want me to see them, you're going to have to give me your eyes. Before the song even came out, give me your eyes, I think I need a little credit on that. But I said, if you'll give me your eyes, and guys, I'm telling you, one of the weirdest moments of my life, I pray that, I see them. And a mass of people, it's like the Red Sea parted and I see them. Remember, I don't want to look weird. Can I tell you what happened the rest of the story? God had finally broken me to my fifth failure. I get to the sixth time and I run. I sprint. I not jog, run. And I get to him, and that was heavy, Keith. I was out of shape. I was, I was struggling. I was breathing heavy. I get to him, and I'm like this. Hey, hey, I just want to tell you, God loves you, man. So do I. I'm praying for you. I hope everything goes well. It wasn't quite that dramatic. But I was out of breath, and I'm all this, and I'm weeping as I tell him. I got sunglasses on. I got them pulled down, and I, my eyes are red. Look like I'd been smoking some of that mean and green that some of y'all smoke around the corner. And I'm crying, and I'm all this stuff. Some of y'all are like, oh, he smelt that. Yeah, we. everybody smells it. Jesus smells it, by the way. But I'm like, in that moment, and I look so silly, and people are looking and watching and I've never shared the rest of that, and I won't share the rest of it. There was a, another beautiful moment that happens and, and things that, you know, we talked about. But I look back at that, and it's a silly story, but I think all I wanted to do, God, all I wanted to do was not silly, and I probably took the silliest route to ever do what God called me. Now, I want to rewind. That's, that's a silly story, but I want, you to, I want you to let it speak to what you're going through. That's not a good example of me. That's a bad example. Don't do like I did, right? What if I'd have went the first time? It probably just would have been, hey, God loves you. I, I'm praying for you. That's it. That's all it would have been. It wouldn't have been weird. It, wouldn't have, it definitely would have been running up out of breath, looking like you know a creeper, like about to kidnap someone or something. I don't know what I look like to him. But I do know from things that happened, God used that moment. But I'll tell you this, I've had that moment. I've had this moment standing here. I've had so many moments where it's the unexpected. And all I can tell you this is those unexpected moments, if it lines up with Scripture, I'm just going to tell you, go on and do it. Just do it. It's so much better when we just listen and we follow and we go the calling that he's given us in faith that we trust. Can I tell you this too on that scenario? If God's calling me or calling you to go and tell somebody, use that silly story, you know, to tell them that he loves them. Can I tell you this? I'm just going on and think that he's probably got it figured out enough to be leading them to receive the fact that he loves them. Why was he telling me to go tell them? They needed to hear it. They were ready 
to hear that. Maybe they weren't ready in that moment, but God was going to use it some way, in some way in his economy. Just go and be obedient. I say, if not, you'll find yourself a running, crying mess and maybe doing it later in a much more difficult situation. So go to the unexpected. We've seen it in this series, Jericho, Gideon, and now here in Barak. Secondly, I want to say this. I believe God can be trusted in his promises. He calls Barak and he says, if you'll go, I'll give them into your hand. And that's exactly what he did. He can be trusted in his promises. By the way, his promises here and one that probably those of us that have grown up in very traditional settings don't listen to as much. But guess what? His Holy Spirit still speaks to our heart and life. And as long as it's not contradicting this book, in other words, this, well, God told me to, I, I don't like that person. God told me I could go and kill him. No, not going to happen that way, right? Not going to do that. But as long as it's not contradicting this and his Holy Spirit is speaking, then by all means, listen and follow that command. And then lastly, I want to just tell you this, the reason we've done this whole faith series, because walking and following in faith is the best course for our life. I promise you that. I'm living proof of it. The times I've done it, the times that I haven't done it, I can tell you his way is best. Anybody in with that believe that walking in faith, let's do that together. Let's pray. So, Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us again. Thank you for holding off the rain for us. And, God, just thank you for our family that's gathered together today. Uh, Father, from all different walks of life, uh, but yet united in your name. And so, Jesus, I pray your blessings over everyone here. Uh, help us to walk in faith. That is so difficult. Uh, we are just such creatures of wanting to walk by sight and having everything figured out, planned, and mapped out, and God, you just don't work that way. In a moment's notice, you could give us a calling that could change the direction of our life for the rest of our lives. But Jesus, I can promise everyone this from your word and from the little bit of experience I've had when I have followed you, your way is best. And so help us to remember that when we try to go our own way, that we just listen, we follow, and we walk in the footsteps that you would have for us. That is the best way. I can't say amen until I say this, Jesus. If there's someone here that doesn't know you, that's where the faith journey begins. Help them to meet you today. If they're already being drawn to that, if they're feeling that I need a Savior in Jesus and they're saying in their heart, yes, then I believe they're already yours. I believe they've already had that moment right then. They met you for the first time. If we know you, help us just to walk another step closer today. Uh, start with me. I need that. I walk, try to walk by sight so much. And so if nothing else, this faith series has been for me. I need more faith. And so Jesus, help me in that. You are the author and finisher of our faith. So lead us in that way, that way of life of faith. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we thank you. And Jesus, we love you. We pray it in your name. Amen. Right, you homie, you go